Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Well, hello, everybody. What is going on? Today is Sunday. It's the 25th of September, 2022. Man, this month zipped by. Hope everybody's getting ready to get their Halloween stuff out. My uh, family loves Halloween. We like doing all the decorating and all that stuff. Anyway, jumping ahead on that stuff. Let me go ahead and I'll give you the contact info. And if you would like to contact me, this is the way to do it. I have the, the uh, email address, which is firearmscafe at protonmail, spelled P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L dot com. So again, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. And you can either send in an email, I'll read it for you on the show, or if you want to record your own audio and send that to me, I will play it out for you. If you go over to the website, which is firearmscafe.com, you'll find all my social media stuff. And I want to thank you guys who have gone over to either YouTube or the Rumble channel and have subscribed and followed over there. I appreciate it. There also is a PayPal donation button if you ever wanted to throw some of that unused and unneeded money my way to help pay for some of the costs of the show. I'd be greatly appreciated. If that's not up your alley, you can either share maybe um, the show links on some of your social media stuff or, like we were talking about before, just go ahead and send in some content or some feedback for the show. I'd greatly appreciate it. I came across something the other day And it had to do with the NICS background check. And so for those of you guys that don't know, whenever you go through FFL, so a federally firearms licensee, you have to fill out some paperwork. And once you fill out this paperwork, which is a 4473, I believe, once you fill that out, they will do a, a background check on you. And that goes through, depending on on your state, it depends on what agency will will do it. Some they uh, they can call into. I think it's like a, an. Uh, I'm saying it wrong, but it's like an accredited call center. I think it's it's called the contracted call center or something like that. Anyway, you can they can do that or they can do a thing where they do it electronically. And then it goes to, again, whatever agency does it or who oversees it. And usually it has your name, sometimes your social security number. It has some of the information that you have put on that 4473 form. What they're saying now, though, is that if there is a denial, and there's there can be tons of reasons for denials. It can be that maybe that you're looking at getting something that uh, is maybe uh, an NFA item and you haven't gone through the ATF or something like that. It hasn't been properly registered. It could be a thing of perhaps there was uh, some criminality in your past that's been taken care of. And you know, it's like maybe your record got cleaned up if, if you had something like that from when you're 18 and now you're 48 and you haven't done anything in the last 30 years. Or sometimes you get false positives. You can have people that You've got the same name of somebody who has an extensive criminal record and for whatever reason it's it's saying, oh, you're this person. Most of the time, the way that the 
things work if there's a if it's not something to where it's oh this person is clearly a prohibited possessor and it's just something like well something is 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 kicking up here and we kind of need to look at it i think it's within three days if they can't give a reason why you're getting denied it sort of airs on on in your favor as the person who's purchasing the firearm and then at a later date, if it comes up like, oh, it, sh- it, it was like this person shouldn't have it, then the, they, they, the government kind of knows who you are. We're all kind of on a, on a list one way or other, especially if we're, we're taxpayers or we're this, that, or the other thing. The gun stores have to keep these records for so long. Most of them, I'm sure, once they're submitted, I'm sure there's probably copies of them probably that deal of I think like we were talking about before where they're going to say well yes we kept all these electronic copies but we never looked at them and it was only if this person was going to be involved in a criminal thing then we can you know we can pull that up and say oh you know they bought this that and the other thing so when you fill that form out you generally will put on there like what you're getting so if you were getting an AR lower or if you're getting a Glock 19 or if you're getting uh a 270 Remington bolt action. Also, if in the past, if there was a denial, they would just usually say, oh, just check back in like two or three days or, or something and, and we'll, we'll see if it's come through. And if we haven't heard anything saying, no, you're clearly denied, then we'll give it to you. But now what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to have, I, I guess the person who's looking to buy, they want, if there's any type of a denial, they want to have the address of the person and then they're going to and again I'm not exactly sure how who's going to come out and maybe talk to you once they have your address also if it's just a mix-up again there's that three days I don't know if somebody's going to try and come out and, and maybe see you prior but anyway I wanted to read the NICS NICS Denial Notification Act and this is on around September 26th which will be tomorrow uh, of 2022, FFLs will be prompted to provide the address of the buyer on all denied or delayed transactions. And I, I guess that's what I should have been saying too, is sometimes they, even though you're getting to denial, it's more of a delay. So it says, and I'm, I'm gonna kind of read here, it says the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2022 uh, was signed into law on March 15th of 2022. Section 1101 of the Act included the NICS Denial Notification Act of 2022. The Act requires the Attorney General's office, I guess, to report background check denials to state authorities and will require the FBI Criminal Justice Information Services Division, National Instant Criminal Background Check System, the NICS, section to report all FBI NICS denied transactions to local law enforcement within 24 hours beginning October 1st, 2022. The NICS section plans to implement this change on September 26th, 2022. So it looks like even though the the stuff isn't going to be required, they're going to start rolling this stuff out on the 26th, even though they didn't have to do it, I think, until October the 1st. So we can read further here and it says the denial notification will include the date and time of the denial, the reason for the denial, 
the location of the federal firearms licensee, the FFL, and the identity of the person. The NICS denial notifications will be transmitted electronically to the appropriate receiving authorities within each state based on the city, state, county, and zip code combination of the FFL location and the city, state, county, and if different, the zip code combination of the attempted transferee's home address. So not only are you going to get, they'll have the, the gun store's address or the FFL's address, and then they'll also have your address. Uh, if at any time the original denial is changed to a proceed, an updated notification to those agencies originally notified will be required. Uh, it goes on to state the NICS section is working diligently on developing the tools to make this notification as seamless as possible. To make the necessary notifications, all FFLs will be required to provide the buyer's complete address as recorded on the ATF Form 4473. For FFLs who initiate a check by contacting the NICS contracted call center, the NCCC, the address will be required if the customer receives a delay or a denied status. The information will be required before the status is provided by the NCCC. So what they're saying is like if, if you're going to call on this before they're going to let you know unless I'm reading this wrong, before they would let you know whether you have a denial or a proceed or a delay, just as part of calling it over to that thing, it looks like the address is going to have to be required. The response will not be retrievable until the information is provided. So again, they're not going to, they're not going to let you know one way or another whether you're denied or proceed until, they, until they, you get that address to them. Once the system is updated to allow for the capturing of this information, an additional notification will be provided. In addition, if the transfer occurs at a qualifying gun show, future programming may allow for the full address of the gun show location to be entered also. So it seems like what they're wanting is a whole just host of information. Why they're going to want it, the information from the of the address and, and all that stuff of the actual gun store, they already have that as part of the FFL license. So I'm not exactly sure why they're having to do that. It seems like that's thrown in maybe if if they're wanting to use certain information to try and get rid of gun show sales, although a lot of times the people at the gun shows, depending on what your laws are in your state. Arizona has still private sale. So you or I could go to a gun show, pay them their fee to set up a table and then be able to just sell guns privately. However, anybody who is a, a gun store won't do that. A gun store, they, they'll go, they'll set up their table and they'll be able to run their background checks and do all that other stuff. So I think it's a way to Again, it's um, I think it's maybe doing an in run to try and get rid of private sales. The, the the left has wanted to get rid of private sales for years and years. Uh, they've they've been successful in certain states, but there's still a ton of states that still have them. I don't know if maybe 
with the Bruin decision, if eventually private sales will kind of make their way and resurface in some of these states that don't have it, I, you know, that I don't know. Again, when you do a private sale, what you have to do as the seller, it sort of goes back to that reasonable man standard to where you would say, well, a reasonable person wouldn't think that this individual is doing like a straw purchase or is a prohibited possessor. You know, they showed me their Arizona driver's license. They signed a bill of sale. They, you know, I did all my due diligence and you don't have to do those things. Um, I think what you would probably need to do just to cover yourself would be to say, oh, well, they had a, a driver's license and they were old enough to buy what I was selling. And I had no reason to believe they were a prohibited possessor. I have record of their phone number and all this other stuff. So, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know what it means as far as who who the information is going to be reported to. I would think that it would be either... I'm sure it's going to go to probably the local, your local ATF office, if they have one in, in your particular city. And then it would probably also go to your local police department in your town or city, or if, or if you're under the um, umbrella sort of, of the sheriff's office, the sheriff would get that information. And again, are they going to get an information on a denial? Is it going to, I guess it, it depends on what the denial can be based on. So if you said on that 4473, oh, I'm an American citizen, but you're not. If you said, oh, I am, I don't have any past criminal convictions that would prevent me from purchasing a firearm legally, but you did. At that point, then you would be... I, I guess what, maybe it would be like a, a, a perjury type offense. They could also get you for trying to, especially if you got, but this would be for denial. So this would be if the system was actually kind of working. And so at that point, maybe they would want to come out and talk to you. Would it be something to where it needs to be that quick? Also, what is going to be the response time from the police department if, let's say, on a Monday, you go in to buy a, a Glock 19 or a AR-15 lower or something like that and you get a, a denial or let's just say a delay they say well the system is having some trouble kind of discerning this guy from these other people they've got you know it's a super common name you know this John Smith or whatever we want to take a couple of days and just make sure that this person is actually who they say they are and not this other person who has an extensive criminal background at that point again are the police going to come out and actually talk to you and say well we know that we we were informed here that you did uh, tried to buy this clock 19 and we're just coming and checking and, and you know, at that point then are they going to say oh we want to come in and, and it gives us probable cause to come in and search your home to see if you have any other firearms and we'll take those into custody is this something that's going to happen eventually or will it be a thing where they'll wait three days and make sure that if it was just a delayed type thing, if it goes to you, are they still going to want to come out and make sure, you know, I, I don't know. It seems like it's adding a lot of additional power to a lot of these um, government agencies and then also a lot of power, additional power to your local police agencies. Also, are, are some of these, depending on where you're at and who's and who's actually supposed to go out and follow up with this stuff, if it's a, a smaller 
sheriff's department who was like, look, we're not going to go out. We're not going to, you know, we know these people. We're not going to go out and what's what I'm looking for. Um, we're not going to bother them. We're not going to uh, harass them. Or if you're in a bigger city and it's something to where it can make the, your, your local police department look good. And, and they can say, well, you know, whenever these gun purchases happen, we go out right away and we, you know, we contact the person who's trying to buy and we, we, you know, we have probable cause. We go get a warrant so we can search their home. Is that what's going to happen with this stuff? You know, I, I don't know. With this stuff, would you sort of lose some of the due process thing? And kind of like we were talking about on the last show, is it a deal where by them doing that, because you, if it's a delay, even if it's a denial, you're just getting the denial from an agency. You're not getting, it's not that you've been found guilty of actually trying to have a firearm when legally you're not allowed to. Uh, so who knows? But uh, again, I'm always leery of anything where the government seems to be granting itself more power and more privilege and more access into our lives than it already has. So let's kind of talk a little bit about kind of the gun control thing. And some people will say, well, is this going to be another way to have some type of a registry? Maybe. Because if, if if the if it becomes sort of common practice to just delay on everybody, then then they get then the police sort of get that information and then they can house that information because then they're saying, well, it's not a registry of when this person bought bought it. It's just a a record of that there was some type of a problem and we need to know what that problem was and we need to know what they were trying to purchase. So were they trying to purchase a strip lower? Were they trying to purchase a, uh, a handgun? Were they trying to purchase, you know, 18 rifles at once? That type of thing. So like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Will it be challenged in light of some of the stuff with Bruin? Or are they going to say, well, this is just a regulatory thing. It's, 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 it's not going, it's not an infringement. It's not, it's just making sure a criminal doesn't get it. And since that criminal doesn't have that right, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be, like I said, interesting. It's like that old thing, the old curse. May you live in interesting times. I was re-listening to the uh, Joe Biden address where he was, it was like uh, some weird dystopian movie. And he was talking about the MAGA Republicans are the, are the horrible enemy, but not these regular Republicans, not these other, you know, the, the, the normal everyday Republicans, just because they, we have different political stuff. It's, it doesn't make them all bad, but it's one of those sort of slippery slope type things that you don't want to have the president saying that if you are, have a, a different, political belief that you are somehow an enemy to the foundations of this country because it becomes easy to say, oh, well, it's just these extremist MAGA Republicans to eventually drop the extremist from it, to just say, well, it's the MAGA people, to eventually drop the MAGA from it. So you no longer say extremist MAGA, you just say Republican. Uh, these right-wing people. So it is, again, it's like that thing a few years ago when, and it was a brilliantly done bit of propaganda where they said, is it okay to punch a Nazi? And everybody was like, well, sure it is. And 
the people who are saying, well, no, it's not okay to punch a Nazi because it's not okay to initiate violence. And so, again, it's sort of that, uh, oh, sort of stirring the pot and looking for trouble type thing, hoping maybe somebody will kind of rid you of this pesky priest type deal. And then, you know, the king saying, oh, won't somebody, I sure wish one of my knights would get me get rid of this opposition that I have. And that's what some of that speech kind of was, I thought. And, of course, they throw in stuff all the time about about gun control on the left. And that used to be the left would always kind of codify that stuff with, we just want common sense reform, we want common sense rules, we want things that make sure that people who aren't supposed to have them aren't getting them and aren't using them to further their, their criminal intent or their criminal desires. However, they're not even doing that anymore. It's, it's pretty much out in the open. Like I've talked about before, when you look at the Republican side or the conservative side, you say, well, how come the Republicans don't ever seem to really push stuff forward when the ball is in their court? It seems like they always say, well, now's not the right time, or there was a, something, there was a tragedy, or something happened, and we had bad press, so it just wasn't time to kind of push through. But it never seems like it is. The only time it ever seemed that they really want to try and do stuff is when they're almost guaranteed failure. I think part of the reason that they do that too is because they understand if you're a pro-gun person and you're a conservative person, you're either going to vote for them or you're not going to vote for anybody because you're not going to vote for a Democrat who is, especially now, is not hiding at all that they want gun control. It's sort of the same for the person who is a gun owner who's a Democrat, who's maybe a moderate guy or who is a kind of center, pretty much a centrist and everything else, they may say, well, I, I can't vote for a Republican because a Republican is is going to, you know, take away all these other things that I, that I sort of believe in. So I sort of have to stick with the Democrats. And at least right now, this is what they would tell themselves, at least right now, all they're wanting to do is get rid of Assault weapons. Well, what does assault weapon mean? Well, that can mean anything, but basically right now it means pretty much any semi-auto is what they kind of want to get rid of. But it's kind of like, and I was thinking about this the other day, it's kind of like if you replaced guns and firearms with crayons and, and you just said, oh, there are certain crayons or certain size crayons we don't want you to have. So we're only, the, the government is only looking to come in and limit the jumbo crayons, but the other crayons you can have, the ones that are the regular size. But the great big ones, we don't think you should have those. And maybe in some states they're still going to have them, but in these other states we're going to take away these jumbo crayons that are the white and the and the black ones. But the rest of the colors you can kind of have. So they would say, well, we're going to take away you know, AK-47s and AR-15s and this other, and, uh, you know, Setmes and Daewoo's and, and uh, MP5 variants and all this other stuff, but you're still going to be able to have a bolt-action rifle. You'll still be able to have a lever-action. You'll still be able to have a pump shotgun, meaning you'll still be able to have kind of these other jumbo crayons, but eventually, they're, if they were able to do that, if they were able to take away the AR-15s and the AKs, 
and some of those other rifles, it's only a matter of time before they're going to come after semi-auto shotguns. Shotguns that can hold more than a total of three rounds. Lever actions, they hold too many rounds, so you got to get rid of those. Uh, so again, they go back down to, well, we've gotten rid of all these jumbo crayons in all the colors, and you can have, you've still got these regular crayons, but you know what? You don't really need crayons to write on regular notebook paper. The crayons are too thick. You can't really erase them if you make a mistake. So we're going to take away like these three major colors, but you can still keep these ones that are kind of, you can keep white. So you can still have a crayon, but it's only white. And you're like, well, I can't use it on, on these papers. I've only got one color. And they're like, well, you still have pencils and you still have pens, meaning that you can, you would still have a baseball bat or a knife if you needed to defend yourself or something like that. And even then, but it's ridiculous on its face that when you start doing things like that, when you start looking at their arguments of, we only want, again, we only want to take away certain crayons and you can still keep these ones, but eventually they're, they're going to come for them all. So hopefully some of that made sense to you. Anyway, I think that will do it. Let me know what you guys think is going to come of this new additional Nix thing. Is it going to be much ado about nothing? Is it, will it be something where eventually somebody will have standing and they're going to say, no, you can't do that or you don't need that or that's not necessary? And just because somebody was denied something, does that necessarily mean they've actually committed a crime? So again, let's say somebody went in, and then we'll, we'll wrap up with this. So let's say if somebody went in and they had had a felony conviction and they haven't done anything to have their record expunged, so it's still on their record, and they went into a gun shop and they actually wrote down, yes, I had a felony conviction, or, or yes, I had this other thing that might disqualify me. They just put it down, and then when they run it through, they said, like, oh, no, sorry, you've got this, we can't, that's a denial. Well, at that point, the system worked, right? And the guy's like, oh, okay, I thought maybe, since it, you know this happened when I was 20 and I'm 50, now I thought maybe the time limit had run out, and they would be like, no, sorry, you know, you got to do... We're not able to sell you a firearm. And that guy leaves. Has he actually committed a crime? Or, since he was honest, he didn't perjure himself on the form, but it's still a denial. So are the police going to come out and see him within the next 24 hours or something like that? You know, I don't know. Anyway, let me give you that email address again, and then we'll call the show to a close. The email address to send either a regular email or any recorded audio is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com, spelled P-R-O-T-O-N-M-A-I-L. All right, my friends, I will talk to you guys next time.